Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, Grateful Ones. Before we start, find yourself in a comfortable space and take three deep breaths. I know it's been tough for all of us, so let's take this time to feel whatever you're feeling. As you take a deep breath in, take in love, kindness, joy, and gratitude. And as you exhale, let go of any pain, anger, regret, or discomfort you're feeling right now. Welcome to After 30 with Gara Erigel, a 30-something reminding you to take deep breaths and live with gratitude as we talk love, life, fear, relationships, career, sex, food, money, good books, and how life is so much different and oddly the same after 30. I post new episodes every Thursday. Follow at After 30 with Gara Erigel on Instagram and Facebook to stay updated. Everybody, welcome to another episode of After 30 with Karerigel. I hope you're all safe and well and having a great day so far. I am so excited to have another exciting conversation with you guys today. We have a very special guest, but before we get to that, let's talk about psychological projection. We hear this term thrown around a lot. Even I am guilty of saying that you're projecting, you know, when you're in the middle of a fight or when you're in an argument. Now, what does that even mean and why do we do it? Projection or Freudian projection is a psychological defense mechanism. Defense mechanisms, they say, are used to cope with feelings and emotions that we have trouble expressing or coming to terms with. Projection is the process of displacing one's feelings onto someone or something else. Unconscious discomfort can lead people to attribute unacceptable feelings or impulses to someone else to avoid confronting them. Are you guilty of that? Because I am. Projection allows the difficult trait to be addressed without the individual fully recognizing it in themselves. People project to defend their egos. So, is psychological projection bad or can it actually be an opportunity to identify difficult emotions so that you can acknowledge and process them? Let's dive deeper into this with our guest for this episode, a life designer and well-being coach, founder of the Third Eye Wellness, an alternative and holistic health service, a beautiful, beautiful soul that I have had the opportunity to speak with in one of her episodes as well, and the host of Project Loving Myself podcast. Everybody, please welcome here and after 30, Sanaya Gurnamal. Hi, Sanaya. Hi, Kara. Thank you so much for having me on your show. When I got the invitation, I was like, absolutely, yes. I am not going to pass up a chance to speak to the Kara Erigel on this podcast because I know, you know, I've, I've had that episode with you before and I've loved everything you've said. So I know that coming on today is going to result in an absolutely amazing conversation. Thank, so thank you, you so much for that. You're too kind. Thank you. Can I just say first, you are so gorgeous. I said that's the first thing I said to you a while ago, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> Do you wake up like I this? <laughs> I you wish. You are so gorgeous. <laughs> I wish. I wish. But thank you so much for saying that. I really appreciate it. Yay. But again, thank you so much for making time. And I really appreciate you being here. I know you're busy. I know... Oh my goodness, you have, you know, your family and everything and a baby. I am so, so um, excited to have you here and so honored to have your time. So I won't, I won't like, extend it. Okay, so I'm going to start off with my first question. What is your latest experience of a situation where you projected your feelings onto someone else or someone projected onto you? How did that situation turn out? You know, um, it is such an appropriate question that you ask me because this happens to me quite a bit as a healer, as a therapist. I do get clients who end up projecting their stuff onto me. 
Okay. As an instructor, I get students projecting their stuff onto me. And of course, you know, in my own marriage, sometimes my husband projects stuff onto me. Sometimes I do it to him. You know, my kids, I mean, this is kind of happening all the time, all around us. And I think that it is a great topic to bring to light because number one, we should be aware when we are projecting stuff onto other people, but also be aware when other people are projecting onto us and we have the power to decide how we're going to react to that. So I want to share with you what happened to me today. I had some sessions scheduled this afternoon and one of my clients messaged me saying, oh, she has a meeting that's in conflict with our appointment time and could I move up or move down? Basically, you know, change around my schedule a little bit to accommodate her. And she's, you know, someone I work with quite a bit. So of course, I'm happy to kind of, you know, accommodate. So immediately I canceled the appointment or I moved the appointment before her, I gave her slot to somebody else. I basically maneuvered my day to make it work so that I would be able to accommodate her at a different time. Mm -hmm. Now, this kind of all happened over 30 minutes. And then 30 minutes later, she messaged me and she's like, oh, you know, guess what? I just canceled my meeting with my boss instead so that I could make it for our session time and I'm ready to go ahead. And I'm like, oh, wait, I just kind of moved around my entire day and I took the opportunity to go pick up my son from school which is something I don't get to do all the time. And, you know, I've already kind of put someone else in her slot. So I couldn't really accommodate her. And of course, she got really upset. And um, she's like, you know, this is so unfair. I booked the slot. I've been waiting three weeks for you. And how could you do this to me? And you owe me. And anyway, she just kind of really got upset. Unloaded on you unloaded on me, right. And of course, you know, the human in me was like, wait, she just, she's the one who asked me to move and I was already doing all of this to accommodate her. And so the human part of me was just like, I'm going to get defensive or I'm going to be like, wait, this is not fair to kind of put it on me. And I would have, if I didn't catch myself, I would have felt attacked and then reacted accordingly. But of course, you know, the part of me that is aware of that was just like, okay, well, let's not worry about what happened or how it happened. Let's focus on how do we make this work for today? How do we, you know, find a common time? So I'm solution oriented. I'm looking mm -hmm. at what do we do next? But she kept going back to, but that's not fair. That was my slot, blah, blah, blah. And she was like kind of going in circles on that part. And finally, I had to tell her, I was like, you know what? Let's do this. Take a breather. Take a break. Break. Let's talk a little later. And then we'll come up with a good time. Anyway, I was back to back for the rest of the afternoon. There was nothing I could do. So I said, breathe. And we will make this work somehow. Okay. And she continued to drop a couple more messages. But I was like, okay, I know this is her stuff coming up. And mm. we will just kind of take a little bit of break and come back to it. And so interestingly enough, my afternoon client forgot, didn't show up for her time. So suddenly I had this extra hour. And so this is what I always believe in. Like even when things kind of don't work out or there's some kind of a misunderstanding, you know, just hold on, take a breath. It's going to work out. Just trust. And sure enough, suddenly I had an opening for her. And I kind of mm -hmm. wanted to explain to her, look, don't worry about it. If something doesn't happen, you know, if something turns out a certain way, there's going to be a solution. It's going to work itself out. Anyways, so I, I met up with her and we started to kind of talk about everything. And what I helped her to see is she's always creating this whole victim mode. You know, she's the victim of an unfair situation. And we were working through an issue in her life, which was causing her a relationship problem because she was constantly feeling like the victim in her relationship. And I said, look, we, the same thing happened with me. There was a slight misunderstanding. It was nobody's fault. It was, you know, I thought you were canceling. You maybe thought, you know, we weren't canceling. Misunderstanding, things happen life happens, but you ended up feeling like, oh, it's unfair. You're doing this to me. It's, you know, you got to give me back the slot. So you went on to play the victim and all you did was project that into your relationship with me. And we've never had that. Me and her have never had that situation happen, but that's what was happening in her relationship. It was happening in her workplace. It was happening with her parents. It was happening since her childhood. So mm -hmm. it was like, what she was doing is taking that issue that she keeps creating the pattern in her life and putting it on other people. And she just kept trading and trading people to take the blame. 
because at the end of the day, she didn't want to take the responsibility. She didn't want to maybe trust that things happen for a reason. And right. um, it's just easier to kind of blame the other person instead of kind of acknowledging, wait, this is always happening to me. Why is this always happening to me? So that was a, that was really what happened today. So, so appropriate for today's conversation. That's crazy. But it's amazing how you were able to turn it into, I mean, everything happens for a reason, right? So I'm sure that had to happen for you to be able to open it up to her and say, hey, this is something you absolutely need to deal with right now because it's happening everywhere else in your life. And the only thing that you can do to fix it is to acknowledge that it is happening. So it had to and, happen with you. And what's interesting is we've been talking about it for a while, but mm -hmm. it's in context of a relationship. So she can still be like, oh, but it's the other person. It's the other right. person. But now that it happened with me as her therapist, I'm like, look, we don't have that relationship where I am, you know, unfair to you or I am in any way, you know, mm -hmm. shortchanging you or treating you in a way that should make you feel that way. So here's the pattern. Now we can't deny it. You have to agree that this is something that's playing out in every aspect of your life. Because part of her brain was like, no, but he's like that. But he, but he, but he, how can he get mm -hmm. away with it? It's him. And right now, today's experience was like, okay, well, I guess it's me. I guess it's really my pattern. That's great. I'm so happy you were able to get to that with her as well. Can I get you as my therapist? I'm going <laughs> to message you after this. <laughs> but okay. No, but it, at this second, this statement that I'm about to say is, is so true because, you know, after you having said that, you know, they say that when your fears or insecurities are provoked, it's natural to occasionally begin projecting. I myself very guilty of that when I'm in an argument with my husband just very recently. And I, I, I'm so embarrassed to even say this out loud, but so I'm here with him now and, you know, we're working with a bunch of people and, you know, there's this one pretty girl in the office who's much, much younger. And, and, you know, because I've been cheated on before, you know, she comes in the room and I see the way she looks at my husband and in, in my head, it's just one plus one. Oh, something's happening or she must be flirting with my husband. So I get home and I get mad at him. And I'm like, what is there something going on? Because I see this and this happened to me before. And I'm just be honest with me. I, you know, all these issues just coming up. And, you know, it took a week for me to actually eventually realize that I was projecting my insecurities into him because I am not always physically here. And I'm afraid that this girl is always here and there might be something happening, you know, all these things. And because my insecurities were provoked by that little situation. I threw my anger at him. Why is it easier for most of us to throw the blame at someone else? And how do we even fix this? Well, because it's really hard, Kara. I'm sure you agree to kind of deal with or confront your own insecurities, your own fears. And I totally relate because I remember many years ago, like kind of in the first couple of years of my own marriage, I had gained some weight. Okay. And I remember not feeling good about myself. And then I went to this wedding and um, this girl who my husband had kind of had a, a thing with was there. And I thought she looked really good and I wasn't feeling good about myself. So I had kind of in my head concocted this whole situation that, you know, maybe he was looking at her or maybe she was looking at him. And, and then I kind of stopped myself and I said, wait a minute. What is going on here? I'm not even a jealous person. I'm actually not a jealous person. So, and I totally believe that if you aren't jealous, you're not going to attract the situation. But if you are jealous, then you're going to keep attracting sort of the situations that trigger you on that, right? So I kind of recognized that and I said, okay, this is not me. Why am I behaving this way? And then I kind of looked inward and I said, what is going on that I don't feel good to the degree that I'm creating this whole situation in my life. And I had to acknowledge that I was not happy with my weight gain. And it was all about me. So it's kind of normal and it is going to happen no matter how great we are in every other aspect of our life, how you know great ahead we have on our shoulders, how much work we've done on ourselves. There are going to be moments in our life where we just don't feel so confident or we don't feel so good about yourself or like, you know, you don't feel so attractive, like maybe you're pregnant and suddenly you don't feel so, you know, great about your body. There are going to be situations in our lives that are going to be out of our control. And mm -hmm. we are going to end up projecting our fears and insecurities, usually on the people we love. 
And it's mainly because we aren't happy with whatever's going on in our own space. So a word of sort of, or a suggestion on how to deal with that is just always kind of take it back to yourself. And why am I feeling this way? Why am I creating this? And that's kind of like my mantra. Like before I let my thoughts run away for me, it's like, okay, well, why am I feeling this way? Why am I creating this? What is it within me that I'm afraid to see? And and so you're right. It's all about kind of that not wanting to confront what's going on in ourselves that's creating this projection onto others. It's very hard to acknowledge that because you had the power, you had the ability to step away from it a little bit and, you know, acknowledge that it was your issues and that you had to deal with it. But not a lot of people are aware of, and not even a lot of people are aware of the word and or the term psychological projection, right? Because it's easier to play the victim. It's easier to blame everybody else, you know, the weather, the you know, everything else but yourself and what you're actually feeling. So, for example, for someone who has who is not familiar with this term or has not been able to acknowledge that it is what they are doing, what is the first step to even acknowledging that? You know, that is such a brilliant question because I would say the number one hurdle for anybody I work with that they have to go through, the first hurdle they have to overcome is taking responsibility. That's the most difficult thing is to shift from looking at everything going wrong in your life as outside of you to kind of turning it inward and saying, this is my creation. This is my responsibility. I am accountable for every single thing that's happening in my life. And so I've kind of created a mantra that I teach um, the students who take classes with me or I work with my clients and I say, it's always you. When in doubt... Okay, you want to blame this person, that person, you want to put it to the weather, you want to put it to the circumstance, you want to put it to the pandemic, whatever is the reason. Okay, it's always you. Okay, And we have a tendency to make excuses or rationalize. Like even with my client today, she's like, well, I only, you know, got upset because of this and this and this. And those are all excuses and reasons that we tell ourselves to make it okay to feel those negative things or to project those emotions or fears or insecurities onto other people. They're just excuses. So you really got to call yourself out and be like, okay, it's always me. I know that. That is the mantra. It is always me. Everything good in my life, everything bad in my life, everything working and not working, it's always me. So what part have I played in creating this? You know, so like default setting is it's always me. Okay, even if somebody else, you know, hurt my feelings, it's me. Even if my boyfriend cheated on me, it's me. Even if, you know, my parents had this horrible marriage and it caused this dysfunctional childhood for me, it's still me. So what was my role? And usually the first step, once you acknowledge it's me, is, well, what did I get out of it? So what did I learn from it? Did it give me any skill? Did it test me on anything? Did it, you know, make me realize something about myself? Did I discover more about what I like or what I don't like? Mm -hmm. You know, it kind of gives you some sort of clarity or some kind of, I would say, ammo to live your life better, right? Every negative situation serves us in a positive way because it teaches us something. Maybe it's not going to teach you some very great things. But it might teach you from that that this is not what you want, right? And it's going to direct you to make better choices, okay? Mm -hmm. It's going to direct you maybe that you got to be a bit more careful about who you're going to trust, who you put your trust into. So there's always something good that comes out of every, you know, difficult experience in our life. So it's really kind of focusing on that, focusing on what you're learning, focusing on why did it happen? What did I get from it? So these are the kinds of questions that I coach my clients with. So step one, take responsibility. Step two, what are you getting out of it? I love that. It sounds so simple, but it's so scary, right? If you really think about it, it's me. What is it me? Right? And it's it's, it's always so hard to take accountability for these things. But I love that because the truth is, it's only you you can control. It's only yourself that you can control how you're going to deal with these things, how you're going to react and, you know, how you're going to use it eventually as a tool for you to get better in life instead of allowing it to keep pulling you down and 
just blaming it. You know, there's two sides to that, right? Being aware of your issues, being aware of your demons. Either you use them as an excuse or you deal with them. We also want to give a quick shout out to Brevecto. We all know that our pets are a huge part of our lives and have naturally become our greatest happy pill. That's why we should always make sure they always get the protection they deserve. Good thing we discovered Brevecto, a chewable tablet that can protect our dogs from ticks, fleas, and mites. To know more about how Brevecto provides fast, easy, lasting protection, consult with your vet or head on to their website. You can also learn how to care for them better by visiting the We Are Family website. All the links are located in the episode description. You are truly a magnifico. You know, I like to say it's all about taking your power back because when you blame other people, when you resent other people, when you're angry at them, right, that's a lot of energy you're holding. So if I'm angry at someone, I'm constantly angry. And that vibration, that feeling of anger is actually something I'm taking from me and I'm directing it towards someone else. So I'm actually giving my thoughts, giving my attention, giving my energy to somebody else who's now occupying space in my mind. Because I'm angry at them and I'm going to constantly feel anger towards them because that's what we do, right? When we resent someone, when we're angry, when they hurt us, we think about them, we obsess over it. And then we kind of like get angry every time we think about it or we, you know, feel worse every time we think about it. And so we're letting them take space in our mind, in our energy, right? And so we're actually giving our power to them because imagine what we could have do with what we could do with that time that we're giving to this really negative situation or this negative person or this other person who hurt us purposely or inadvertently, right? So you're letting them live like rent-free in your head and you shouldn't do that, right? So taking your power back is taking accountability and responsibility because if you don't believe that you, you created it, then you can't change it. But if you accept the responsibility and the accountability that goes along with recognizing that everything is happening for you, not to you. So that's like a quote I remember reading that, you know, things do not happen to you. They happen for you. So it's all about you and what you're going to get out of it. So take your power back, take control, take responsibility, be accountable for it. And then you can actually do something about it. You can make a different choice. You can, you know, decide to react one way or the other way. And the power is yours, right? So you're taking your power back. I love that. It's all about perspective in this world, right? Like just changing, shifting your mindset and seeing it that way. Everything happens for you, not to you. But taking away the victim mentality. I love that. And it's so true. I'd love that you put it that way because it it felt like, you know, a knife through my heart when you said that, you know, it's just so much energy. Like this whole jealousy thing for me, really, the girl doesn't know that I'm jealous, right? But every time she comes in, I'm just like stabbing her with my eyes. And it's like, who's losing here in this situation? It's me. It's my time. It's my energy. It's so much energy I could be using onto something else or maybe loving my husband more instead of blaming him for some other girl looking at him. <laughs> That's so funny now that I'm hearing it that way. But okay, it, it, yeah. It, it would be simpler, right? Instead of having that conversation with your husband, it would have been simpler. Of course, it's easier said than done in retrospect, but to have the conversation with yourself, like yes. how's that making me feel? right? Like we don't actually have to like wash our dirty laundry with everybody else, including the people we love. We can actually fix it by having that conversation with ourselves. Like, isn't that so much easier, right? You can sort it out. You can kind of deal with your emotions. Okay. I'm feeling jealous. Why am I feeling jealous? Okay. Because my ex cheated on me or whatever it is. And because of that, it's difficult for me to trust. And so I'm quick to assume that it's going to happen to me again. But well, what would happen if I did trust my partner a little bit more? You know, what if I could do that? Okay. And what if I could feel safe to trust him? And maybe I should just share my fears with him and my trust issues rather than like project by accusing him of doing exactly what I'm fearing. Right. So we can take projection and make it more about sharing your 
vulnerability with the people who you love. Because when you approach it that way, they care for you. They love you. They're probably going to help you work through it as long as they're not the the target, right, of the conversation, right? They're kind of in it with you. And I also wanted to address another point that you said. You said it's about, like, not being the victim, right? And that's a really interesting point that you brought up as well because we tend to be the victim when we give our power to other people, right? So we're the victim. And every victim needs a perpetrator. You can't have a victim without a perpetrator because then you Mm -hmm. can't be a victim. Right. Right. So if you are in victim mode and you tend to fall into victim mode, you're constantly going to find someone to play the perpetrator in your life. And so there's always going to be the villain. There's always going to be that person to blame, which means you're going to program the people in your life who you probably love, who you probably, you know, who probably care about you, too, a lot and would not want to hurt you. But you're going to turn them into the perpetrator. Because you need a perpetrator. How are you going to play a victim without the perpetrator? Right? So you're creating these experiences for yourself when you polarize into the victim mode. But if you turn to the other direction and decide to be the strong one, you know, you take responsibility, you take ownership, you take accountability, right? Then you are powerful. You're the strong one. Now the ball's in your court, right? It's your choice how you're going to approach the matter. Right. So in that case, you don't need to create a perpetrator. In fact, you're going to create a whole support system. You're going to create like the universe to support you. You're going to create situations that are going to reinforce all these positive feelings you're getting from feeling in control of things or feeling like that life is not happening to you. It's happening for you. So you're going to get like that support. You're going to attract the positive in that situation. That's so true. I love that. And in the same way that you attract the like, again, I'm going back to that situation, right? Because I had that one instance and I opened it up to my husband. Every other thing after that seemed to me like a bad thing that was being done to me, right? Because I created this story in my head and I kept attracting that energy. And when I opened it up to my husband, he was like, keep pushing and it's going to happen, you know? I mean, it wasn't the right thing to say in the moment, but like, he's like, (laughs) but he's like, nothing is happening. It's all in your head. And he actually taught me a mantra. I was crying. I, you know, I ended up being completely vulnerable to him and opening up to him and apologizing to him for doing that. And then he told me, you know, okay, every time you feel that the, the thing in your heart, when you feel jealous or, or when you feel like something's happening, just always say these four things to yourself. My husband will never cheat on me. We have a good life. We have so much in store for us and the past is in the past. And I really appreciate my husband for, you know, those are simple things <laughs> that right. has, I guess, worked for me. Please feel free to tweak it a little bit, but it has worked for me because it so, came from him. I, first of all, they're, they're very empowering statements, right? But life happens, right, Kara? There are going to be times where we can't control other people's behavior, right? So, for example, the statement, my husband will never cheat on me. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it might happen to any one of us. Circumstances could be created. So if I'm mm-hmm. going to put all my trust into something that's out of my control, how mm-hmm. another person feels and behaves uh-huh. is out of my control. Right. Right. Then we're kind of, again, giving our power away to somebody else to okay. make us feel secure. Right. So I like some of those statements, but mm-hmm. maybe I would change it. So that it's about you, like something about you, like I can handle whatever comes my way and everything happens for a reason. For me, that kind of works a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Okay. I like that. And right. And then I go in with, I am loved. I am loved because the creator, God loves me. I love myself. So I'm safe. I'm secure. So those are the kinds of Why affirmations I like. making me tear up, Sanaya? What are you doing? <laughs> Because, my dear, there's probably a safety issue with the trust that I'm triggering right now as I as I say it, right? And so if you were my client, right, and I had to kind of help you or help you work through it, I would ask you questions about that part of your life where you got betrayed, right? So somebody betrayed you, obviously, right? So it's hard for you to trust even someone you love as dearly as your husband, right? So my question to you would be, what did you learn from that experience, from that 
being betrayed, what'd you learn from that? So what is it? What did you learn? I'm like, I'm, I'm coaching you right now. I'm like counseling you right now. <laughs> I'm, getting, I'm getting free coaching. What did I learn from that experience? Um, Two things that I can, well, top of mind, I can never really force anyone to love me. I can't change myself just so someone will love me. And I can't, and it, how another person treats me is out of my control. Right. So first of all, I would tell you that an affirmation like I am enough would really work for you based on what you told me. And if you say to yourself as a mantra that I am enough, that would really help you. Okay. Second thing is you learned that you can't really make people love you. So you have no control over the other person, right? You learned that. So what you can bring to a relationship is just yourself, your best self, right? And not to worry about the other person. Now you are in a relationship. Now you have your husband, right? Again, you can't control how he's going to feel about you. But what you can control is what you bring to the relationship. Okay? And that's kind of like your learning. So instead of obsessing over him and somebody else, right, you are enough. So I would kind of work with your mindset to teach your brain that you are enough. Okay? And when you're enough, then you're enough as you are in a relationship with your husband. Okay, you are enough that he would not need to go anywhere else to get what he's already getting from you in this relationship. So that's kind of how I would approach it. And then I would so I would start with kind of bringing your attention like I'm doing now to what was maybe missing in your perspective. Okay, and and you have and also to help you see that, you know, if it weren't for that betrayal, perhaps that's a lesson you wouldn't have learned. And I'm sure that lesson has kind of served you pretty well so far, okay, that you probably after that never tried to change yourself for someone else. And you probably went into your relationship with your husband being like, this is me. You either <laughs> love it or, you know, but I'm not going to change for you. I'm sure that's how you went into this relationship. And A that's why you married much. him, right? <laughs> and, and his way of proving how much he loves you was to accept you for all that you are. And that was why you said yes to him, because you could see he took you exactly the way you are. And you probably make it a little difficult for him. You probably <laughs> kind of push his buttons a little bit just to prove in your relationship that he accepts you for who you are. Okay, so I'm, I'm sure you push that a little bit because you're constantly trying to prove that he's going to love you for who you are and you're not going to change. So maybe you're a little bit inflexible, then a little bit more inflexible. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Then you need to be because you don't want to change, right? Because you learned that lesson the hard way. So you're kind of attached to that lesson, right? Yeah. So, you know, and this is what would happen from the experience you've been through. But it's nice for you to recognize that there are times you put your foot down and you're not flexible, or you don't want to accommodate something else, it's really because you're coming from that. Mm -hmm. And now that you recognize that, maybe you'll be a little bit more flexible, or maybe you'll be a little bit more accommodating, because you recognize he's not trying to change you. Okay, but maybe you can have a little bit more of that um, cooperation in the relationship, it might make it a little easier. <laughs> yeah, I can see your smile and I can see your eyes. So I know this. Is I know. You. So even if what our listeners doing in don't my head, understand. Naya? 
I am so yes. booking you. Are you free tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's so funny yeah. because that's literally where these insecurities from the jealousy is coming from is me feeling like I am not enough because I have not decided to move here yet with him. And that is the part where I, you know, I feel like, oh, I don't need to change this. Oh, I'm, I'm, I want to pursue my career first and whatnot. And what, those are the things that I feel like I am not able to adjust for him or for our marriage. That, and that's the reason why I have these fears because, oh my goodness, okay, that's a conversation for another time. But okay, wait, 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 so wait. I have something. I have something yes. to add to that. Okay, because yes. I think that will kind of give you some perspective. We call that an overcorrection, Kara. Okay, so what it means is to preserve my independence, to preserve that I will not change or accommodate anyone else because the last time I tried to do it, you know, this person broke my heart. So it's an overcorrection, like you're overcompensating. So even if you did want to move, even though it was possible, you won't allow yourself to go there because the last time you changed yourself or someone else, he broke your heart. You get it? So you're protecting yourself from something that happened in the past. And your husband's not going to do that to you because he's a different guy. Okay? So it's just awareness. Being aware so you can make better choices and not act out of the trauma from the past and kind of, you know, see the situation for what it is. Thank you so much for that. (laughs) My gosh. Oh, my heart. Why did it why did it suddenly turn into a, a coaching session? Okay, let me move back to let's use that. Let's use this whole conversation to kind of discuss my next question, which is I have been doing that. I have been projecting because I'm protecting my ego because my ego was horribly bruised by, you know, the situation that I was in, those heartbreaks that I experienced in the past. But what is more important you've been speaking about peace and how you preserve your energy protecting our peace is it more important to protect our peace than our ego and why and what is the difference well the ego is the part of you that is your identity it's who you are right but when the ego is out of balance it becomes egotism so there are two different things the ego is something we want to preserve it's who we are But when that ego kind of starts reacting or acting out of these negative feelings and emotions and traumas, then it's kind of like the egotism taking over, right? And when that happens, there'll never be any peace, okay? So the ego itself can be balanced with you, and then there's peace, like you know who you are. And that's also the ego, that's who I am, right? But when I start acting out, and I'm off balance because I'm thrown off by these other things, then now I'm in a, a place where keeping the peace is not possible because my entire mind is kind of like from the perspective of the bruised ego. So that's when like the egotism comes in. It's like the self-defense mechanism. So for me, keeping the peace is recognizing when it's my ego versus when my ego is like acting out, you know, when it's egotism. So whenever you blame somebody else, whenever you point a finger, right, that's the egotism happening. It's like you are, it's judgment, right? Egotism is anytime we are judging someone else for their behavior, Mm -hmm. for what they've done to us, for what they've said to us. So Being aware when you're making a judgment on someone else, right, is catching the ego and not letting it kind of take over. So how do you keep the peace is be very aware of what's going on. What are the thoughts in your head? What are you saying to somebody else? What's the role you're playing in this conversation with someone else? So in in your case with your husband, when you started um, asking him, I think you said you were asking him, you know, is something going on? You know, what are you doing? So that focus on him, right? You, 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 that's when we know our ego's out of balance. But when we say things like, you know, this is how I was feeling. It's about me, not about you. This is how I was feeling. I saw this pretty girl and I saw that she was looking at you and it kind of made me feel insecure and jealous. Now it's about me. It's not about what you did, right? So it's about me. And 
you know, my history is this happened. So I'm super sensitive to this. So can you just kind of help me feel better? Or can you just remind me again of how much you love me? You know, so we go at it with like a very different perspective. We go in with peace, right? Because now it's yeah. all only about me. And I'm approaching it from a place of peace rather than, oh my God, you know what's happening and kind of feeling all it, you know, like when we, when we get caught up, right? In the moment yeah. or in our feelings, like we're not at peace. We're already kind of like all jittery and we're just like, you know, uncomfortable. And we just want to get those words out and we want to blame somebody else and we want to put it on them. And that's, that's the point at which you no longer have control. You're not at peace. And the ego, the negative ego, so egotism, we call that the negative ego, mm-hmm. is at play. Okay, got it. Thank you very much for clearing that up. Uh, I am now choosing peace <laughs> and not the negative ego. Step onto the legendary clay courts of Roland Garros, where the world's best players battle it out at the French Open for a chance to win a Grand Slam title. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. See the action unfold as legends fight for glory and new rivalries emerge. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th, with match replays on demand so you never miss a moment. From the first serve to the final point, Roland Garros promises unforgettable moments and new chapters in tennis history. Stream now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Okay, now that we've talked about it and clarified, you know, keeping the peace and how it's all about being aware and putting your feelings out there and being able to deal with them and not being the victim, but being able to just voice them out and then deal with them. How does one even start identifying their inner demons so that they can deal with them kindly, slowly and surely? Because not everybody has the ability to do that because it is scary. Let's be real. People who have been through therapy are probably more aware, you know, right? But people who maybe haven't or just haven't spoken to anybody about this yet don't know how to identify their demons. So how do they even start dealing with themselves kindly? Yeah, that's a good, that's a good point actually to talk about. So I like to say that we start with identifying our triggers, right? So we identify those moments where we get thrown off when we don't feel good. So anytime you don't feel good, that's where you're going, you're getting thrown off balance, right? You're getting triggered, okay? Now, what you could do is you could start a journal, okay? So every morning you think about the day, like the day before, and you look at those moments where you didn't feel so good. That's already, you know, flagging those trigger moments, okay? and Every time you feel angry, every time you feel sad, those are all your triggers, right? Anytime you are in anything but in a state of joy and happiness or neutrality as well, that's a trigger point, right? And then sort of writing those down in a journal the next morning or even at the end of the day would be a good start to have better control over your emotions and sort of identifying those points. And then Taking those situations where you get triggered and asking yourself, well, why did I feel that way? Okay, what started it? Sort of just bringing awareness to these situations can really help you to kind of understand and process your, you know, feelings. So you don't even have to kind of list down every single trigger point because, you know, when you start, you'll start to recognize that, that, wow, there's so many, I can fill an entire page. But even if you take one, Yesterday, my husband um, said this, and then I got annoyed, and I, you know, kind of said something really rude back. Well, why did I say that? What was it about what he said or did that made me want to retort back in such a negative way? Oh, I was feeling kind of attacked. Why was I feeling attacked? Because maybe uh, he's always criticizing me. Okay, well, who else in my life used to criticize me? Oh, my dad used to criticize me. So usually, yeah, you know, whatever's happening in your life right now always goes back to someone in the past who did that to you. There's always like one, you know, starting point to 
that trigger continuing on in your life. So, okay, my dad used to criticize me. And as a child, I never felt like I was good enough. So now you can start to kind of walk through and understand yourself better. And sometimes just recognizing where these feelings are coming from is enough to deal with it, okay? And it has a lot to do with what we allow ourselves to feel and what we don't allow ourselves to feel. So our society is such that we love to, you know, enjoy the the good moments. We like to, you know, if we're happy, we're joyful, we're something worth celebrating, we completely experience it to them, you know, to the to the maximum, right? Mm-hmm. We enjoy these feelings. We have a great time. And then once we enjoy them, we move on, right? That's it. We're we're over it. We move on to the next thing. But when it comes to like negative emotions, right? We don't want to deal with it. We are actually trained or taught that it's not appropriate to show anger it's not appropriate to you know express our feelings to someone else because you might hurt their feelings so you're taught at a very young age that negative feelings aren't meant to be displayed mm-hmm. they're not, not cry meant to even. Be. i remember yeah. being told not to cry right if you were a boy then they'd say boys don't cry right that was like i know that that was you know, something that was in the previous generation. But if you're a girl too, it's like, okay, okay, don't cry here, take an ice cream or take a lollipop or, you know, um, I'll, you know, we're, we're not allowed to have these negative emotions. It's Mm -hmm. not sort of acceptable or it's not welcomed. So I'm sure we all had that situation where we took somebody else's toy and, you know, we were told that you're supposed to share, right? So these things are just kind of the way we were raised and we were not allowed to feel our negative emotions. And so what we did is we just avoided them. We buried them. We kind of just put it somewhere and it usually is somewhere in the body because we never felt it. We never expressed it. We never processed it, right? And emotions or energies unexpressed, unprocessed, just get buried deep into our body. And that's actually what creates disease over time. But that's another conversation. The point is we're allowed to experience these positive emotions, but we're never allowed to kind of feel the the negative ones because they're not acceptable. So as a result, we shy away from our inner demons. There's actually a really great film, Pixar. It's called mm-hmm. Turning Red by Pixar <gasps> Entertainment. Did you watch it? Yes, I love it. I've been reading a lot of bad reviews though from like, Yeah, there are. I saw that too. But you know, if you just kind of take a look at what was it about? It was about a girl rejecting her inner demon, which was the red panda, right? Because the red Mm -hmm. panda was her anger, Mm -hmm. right? And that was what the red panda was a metaphor for is like her emotions, her anger. And it was being really angry, I think, that triggered the red panda to appear in her life, right? And then she had to con like she always wanted to hide it. She wanted to kind of like she didn't want anyone to know oh, about mm-hmm. it. Right. Until she realized that the red panda could actually be something that was entertaining for everybody. It was fun. It was like you could actually do something good with it. Uh-huh. It didn't have to be all anger. Right. And so what she did differently from her mother and the rest of her family was embrace her red panda, embrace her dark side and embrace her inner demon to the point that eventually she didn't want to give it up. Okay. So whoever's listening, I know I just ruined the film, (laughs) but it's still really worth watching because at the end of the day, she recognizes that I don't have to exercise this inner, this red panda from me. In fact, I want to keep him. I want to keep that shadow self. That's what it was about. And so accepting that part of you, forgiving that part of you, and perhaps finding a way to channel it into a more positive direction is actually going to work for us. It might bring us joy. It might bring us sort of like the energy of self-love because you can finally accept everything about you, good, bad, and ugly, right? And, And why should we only look at the good things? Why not also acknowledge that we do have painful memories or emotions and just accept it because that's the first step towards healing. I love that so much. Thank you so much for using that movie as an example. Sorry for ruining it for those who haven't seen it yet, but you definitely should watch it because I cried so hard in that movie. It triggered a lot of, I had a lot of trigger points in that movie. 
for me. But um, it was it, it was a beautifully done movie. I completely agree with you. And that is so true. Thank you so much for saying that. Also in the movie, you know, it, it, it won't happen overnight. <laughs> being able to deal with your inner demons, being able to, you know, sit down with yourself, acknowledge them and heal them eventually doesn't happen overnight. Sometimes it even actually has to take uh, going through therapy, years of therapy to do that. But um, we're talking about psychological projection here, right? Because we want to be able to deal with that and, and fix it eventually. But how do we eventually stop? psychological projection as a defense mechanism right so i mentioned earlier about that mantra it's it's me it's always me i find that that really helps right so when you stop blaming the other person you're not going to project on them anymore so once you take the responsibility that it's always me right that will really help because that's just a shift in mindset right the minute you recognize that then it becomes very hard to lie to yourself and, you know, put the blame on somebody else. And yeah, you're not always going to get it right. Like you said, it's a process. Okay. I don't think you need to take years and years of therapy. Okay. I do think Thank that you. this is something that you can in a couple of sessions sort of resolve. I think, I mean, that's, that's how I work with people. It's not something that needs to, therapy doesn't need to take time. I think it's, it's traditional Therapy that takes time where you see a psychiatrist like on a weekly basis for months. But that's kind of the the more medical way. There's a lot of alternative uh-huh. therapies. Um, now a lot of therapy is a combination of psychotherapy and spirituality. So there's a lot of different sort of dimensions to healing. So I do think those resources are out there. And of course, you know, if anybody has any questions, they can direct it to you or to me and we can kind of send them to the right people. But yeah, you know, taking responsibility. I think that's the first step to being able to catch yourself before you get into that endless cycle of projecting onto other people. It's me. No, that I will start doing that from now on. I know it's going to be tough for you guys and it's scary, but you got to start somewhere. And that is where you start. Start with that mantra. According to Sanaya, it's me. Okay. One little follow-up question to that though. How about when you, okay, now that I am aware and we are, our listeners are kind of aware of how projection feels like, sounds like even, what if you're aware of it and your partner or your mom, or your friend is not, and they're projecting onto you, how do you deal with that situation? Are you in the place to say, ah, you're projecting, stop doing that? Or how do you deal with something like that? You know, that's the question I get from a lot of my students and clients. (laughs) Because the minute we start with that, then they're like, well, what about them? You know, how come it's only (laughs) me who always has to be like, you know, the the smarter one or the one, you know, I'm doing the healing, but what about them? And (laughs) It goes back to, it's never about them. It's always Uh about you. So bring it right back to, it's always about me. Why am I getting triggered by their projection? Because, you know, if you're sure of yourself, if your heart's in the right place, right, and you know where you stand, then nothing anybody else says should trigger you, right? Like, so if my husband tells me, you're so unreasonable, but I know I'm not unreasonable. I know I'm a very reasonable person, right? And he accuses me of being unreasonable. I'm going to be like, babe, you know, I'm not unreasonable. You know, if there's one trait I have, I am very reasonable. So you can kind of like, you can turn it around or you can kind of act with compassion or love. Do not ever tell the person you're projecting because, you know, that's going to put their defenses up and they're going to be Uh like, yeah, it's easy for you to say that. So don't like call somebody else out, but, you know, be, Mm -hmm. be gentle, be loving, be compassionate and say, I get where you're coming from. I understand that maybe the way I'm acting is making you feel like I'm being unreasonable, right? I I recognize that. My intention is not to be unreasonable, but maybe it makes you feel that way. How can I make it better? Okay. How can I help you? Okay. So when you don't feel attacked, you're not taking it personally because you're so like Zen and you're like, (laughs) I get everything is my responsibility. It's all about me, right? then it's very easy to be that bigger person and not react, mm-hmm. right? So I'll relate a really quick story about something that happened with a really good friend of mine many, many years ago. She wasn't a really good friend back then, 
but we had kind of met, you know, a bunch of us girls and we were talking about something and I guess some things were said. Anyway, she called me the next day and I was at work. I was in the middle of teaching one of my healing classes and she calls me up during my break time and I'm like, oh, hey, you know, what's up? And right away, she's like, you know, you know, I'm really upset with you about what happened yesterday because now everyone else is talking about it and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, she just got completely projected whatever had happened, which I had nothing to do with. But anyway, she kind of like put it all on me. Like it was my fault and I did something and blah, blah, blah. And here I am like in the middle of my, like, you know, here I am being a teacher, I'm teaching people healing. And then here I am getting all this, like, you know, negativity on the phone. And again, my first reaction was, wait a minute, I didn't do anything. Stop attacking me, you know, defend myself. But then, you know, my wiser self kind of kicked in and was like, okay, what is she feeling? And I recognized she felt like the people who she called her friends didn't have her back. Like they were in some way betraying her. Like we didn't have her back. That's what she was feeling. I recognized it right away by kind of the words she was saying to me. Mm-hmm. And I said to her, I was like, I just kind of took a pause and I said, you know what? I really love you. Like as a friend, I think you are an amazing person. Me and my husband, we love you guys, like her and her husband, like as a couple, like we're, we're a couple friends. And I'm like, mm-hmm. we really love you. We are there for you. We would never, I would never talk behind your back. That's just not my character, number one. And number two, I would never do that to you because I really like you. I really care about you. Like, I love you. That's exactly kind of what I was saying to her. And she was just so kind of like, taken aback because she didn't expect that, Mm -hmm. that she kept quiet, you know, and she was just like, it's like the energy in the conversation just kind of like relaxed. And then she was just start, she started explaining herself, oh, this person said that I might have said this and blah, blah, blah. And I said, you know me, I'm not the type of person to talk behind your back. And I will never do that to you. If I have something to say to you, I will say it to you directly. So you should know that for the rest of our friendship, you will never have me talking behind your back. And I'm confident because I'm not that type of person. So I didn't get riled up by what she was accusing me of because I'm not that person. I wouldn't do that to you. So if you stand your ground and you know you did nothing wrong, you have nothing to feel guilty about, then you can actually be the person with the compassion and recognize what the other person needs. And I think what she needed to know was she could count on me. She could trust me. I would always have her back. And we went on to be the closest of friends until today. So, I love that. Yeah. So, you know, like, as long as you detach yourself from the other person's drama, <laughs> you can be the better person and you can kind of give them the support that they need in that moment. I, I, I like that example that you gave. And, and what was it that you said? You said, okay, when you're in that situation, you take a step back and you acknowledge how the other person is feeling. Okay, I hear you. I maybe I don't understand you because you won't always understand how the other person is feeling. But I I hear you. I feel for you. How can I make it better? Yeah, I love that. Okay, I'm going to use that. Where's my pen? Okay, I will write that down later. (laughs) No, Ted. Sometimes it can be a little bit hard, of course, when you're also riled up and when you're when your ego is also bruised in that moment. But if you can kind of take a step back and be the bigger person, if you're in a little bit of a better headspace in that moment, then do that, right? Yeah. Huh? Learning so many things from you, Sanaya. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. I feel like I got a free session. Lucky me. <laughs> thank you so much for that. I, my gosh. Um, I, I'm, I am at a loss for words. I'm at all um, by just having this beautiful conversation with you and feeling your energy. And it really, it transcends. It co- goes through the screen and I love it. And please invite, before I ask you to invite everybody else to follow you, get in touch with you, how can they get into this whole wellness um, thing that you have? I yep. would love for you to please invite our listeners to do that. But this is uh, my last question to you. Something that I ask all my guests to do after each episode is to share their gratitude journal to the universe. Shout it out. Please just give us one, two, ten, however many you want uh, things that, or people that you are grateful for right now in this moment. Well, I will start with being grateful for you. 
because we are having this conversation and everyone listening in is probably getting something out of this conversation that we are having. So I'm very grateful for you being that bridge to bring this kind of information um, to other people. I'm grateful for the Philippines because I moved here and I came in as a foreigner and now I'm Filipino and I found it very easy to kind of feel a part of this country, even though I don't speak the language so well yet, but I am grateful for this chance to connect with this land, this people who are now my people. So I'm very grateful for that. Is that right? Is this what you want? Like a list of all the things I'm grateful for? Yes. Yes. Just making sure I had it right. (laughs) Yes. I am grateful for the first healing session I ever had which was on a condition called lactose intolerance. I was lactose intolerant. And I'm very grateful for the person who in one session healed my lactose intolerance because that was like 2005, 2006, a really long time ago. But that one session opened the door to a completely different career path. It made me pursue everything I have learned uh, so I'm grateful for that first sort of turning point in my life. I'm grateful for my husband, who is my biggest fan, my biggest supporter, and also sort of my source of um, strength. Mm-hmm. I'm grateful for my beautiful children who accept that I am the type of mother who is kind of doing a lot of things. And they still recognize that I'm there for them. And um, they accept all my love and give me so much love back. So I'm grateful for that. And I am grateful for this experience of life because I get to grow every day. I get to meet people. I get to work on myself. I get to kind of learn lots of new things. So I'm truly grateful that I'm here and I'm living this life and connecting to all these wonderful people in my life. Thank you so much for that. And I'm so, so grateful for you as well. I love doing this. I love listening to my guests as they shout out their gratitude journal because it's so like, it really brings you in the moment, right? It just, you're right here right now. And there are so many things in life to be grateful for whatever it is that you're going through right now, whatever season in your life you are in right now, there's always so many things to be grateful for. And I love the last thing that you said, your life being here, our breath is something huge to be grateful yeah. for every single day. And thank you so, so yeah. much for that. Please, Sanaya, invite um, invite the After 30 listeners to, to, I don't know, get in touch with you if they need someone to talk to or to check out the Third Eye Wellness. You know, what what it is that you're doing is amazing. And please invite them to check it out. Okay, great. Thank you so much for this opportunity to share. Um, So if you are interested in healing, coaching sessions, well-being, we do like workshops, meditations, we have classes, then check out www.thirdeyeonline.com. You can also follow at The Third Eye Wellness. Um, So that is for the services we provide. If you are interested in self-discovery, self-love, all kinds of well-being, then do listen in on the Project Loving Myself podcast. That's my podcast uh, where I interview different well-being experts and individuals on sort of their journey of uh, self-discovery, self-love. So you can catch that on Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast fix. And again, that's uh, Project Loving Myself podcast on Instagram. It's at Project Loving Myself podcast. And finally, you can follow me. That's at Sanaya Gurnamal. And I'm going to spell that out because I have a very interesting spelling. That's S A. N-A-I-Y-A-H-G-U-R-N-A-M-A-L. And if you're watching the video, it is, you know, right on my screen. So it's at Sanaya Gurnamal. Check me out on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, and I would love to connect. So if you have any questions, feel free to uh, DM me and I'm pretty good at uh, responding back. So thank you so much, guys. 
I hope you you took down notes. I will be writing down some notes as well later so I don't forget everything that's nice, but I will definitely keep coming back to this episode every time I feel like I'm kind of falling off and forgetting that it is me. <laughs> it's me, guys. It's me. <laughs> Thank you so much, Sanaya Grandmal. Everybody, please do check out the Project Loving Myself podcast. It's available on Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and all major podcast platforms. Sanaya, thank you so much for your time, for this opportunity to speak with you. Thank you for your energy, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Thank you, Kara. You are, of course, such a brilliant uh, speaker, and it is really my honor to be here and have this conversation with you. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye. Bye everybody. Thank you so so much for your time and energy. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did. Now, this is the part where you share the things, people, moments, whatever it is that you're grateful for today. I would love to hear from you, so please do get in touch with me on Instagram and Facebook at After30 with Cara Erigel. I would love to see you tag me in your stories if you do post this. And please follow me on Spotify if you haven't yet and also leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. That would really, really help the podcast and of course me a lot. And I truly, truly appreciate you. I am so grateful for you. Don't forget, be grateful. The views and opinions expressed by the podcast creators, hosts, and guests do not necessarily reflect the official policy and position of Podcast Network Asia, the hosts of the program, or other programs of the network. Any content provided by the people on the podcast are of their own opinion and are not intended to malign any religion, ethnic group, club, organization, company, individual, or anyone or anything. <laughs>